Welcome to the Resistance Chronicle. I'm Matt. I'm Eric. And we had another great Zoom call today with uh, Adam uh, of Deborah Gets Red Pilled, a uh, badass podcast. He gets into a little bit about what he does in the podcast, and uh, we talk about his chickens. We talk about homesteading a little bit, and farming, and liberty, and... Franklin cover-up. A little bit in the Franklin cover-up. We got the Cliff Note version of it. This podcast, for me, I'm a huge fan of Adams and, and what he's doing in, in his podcast. And I, I was a little bit of a, a fanboy on this one. So he's a, he's a good guy. I feel like the Resistance Chronicle has made another new a new friend. What did you think? Awesome. Yeah, I thought he did, he awesome. did a great job. I think he knows his stuff. I, he, you know, I want to get on his podcast. He, we, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can get on with the, the Sununu stuff. Yeah. We can talk to Deborah about the Sununu stuff. I think that would be fun. Um, but anyway, enough of us. We'll get into the podcast. Enjoy our awesome intro. It's not a political statement. It's a patriotic duty. And the editors of great newspapers, such as yours, owe a common obligation to the people. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. Where are you people? On dope? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble. But we have some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out. After the whole thing is over and everything, okay. but, uh, what I will say right now is, uh, you know, just a quick welcome to the Resistance Chronicle, man. We're super pumped to have you here. I, I got to be honest with you. I'm, 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 I'm a fan, so I'm a little nervous right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be nervous man amazing i just started listening to it yeah. i like it i i guess did you convert her she yeah was, she's fully she, right uh, i mean she admitted on on two episodes ago that she doesn't believe in democracy anymore so wow. was, think... was that the one with the 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 vet that got into some trouble with or which guy was the recent one i did um oh no that was yeah the one before that where the guy came on and talked about Oklahoma City. Oh, okay, yeah. That, that, she admitted to it on that one, but I think we had that guy. Have you ever heard of Legal Man? Yes. Yeah, I, I yeah we had Le we had yeah. Legal Man on, and he like just asked her basic questions and like made her realize that the whole system's all bullshit. I I felt like he was pressing her really really hard, and I was listening to it, so I I couldn't see reactions on people's faces or anything. He yeah. did a hell of a job breaking everything down. Yeah, he's really good. You should check out his podcast, The Quash. They're awesome. They're like 22 minutes long. Yeah, I'll check that out. I'll be writing some stuff down as you're talking too. So yeah. just to get, get I guess, started again. So what we were talking about, just so, so the listeners know, is Adam has a podcast called Deborah Gets Red Pilled. And it's his mother-in-law. And he's basically getting her or, or got her to take the red pill. And, and now it, it, well, it went from him bringing on guests and, and giving her all kinds of information and, and, and truth and whatnot. And, and now it's like, she's just your co-host, man. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what a yeah. Great, uh, so, great concept and everything. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's crazy how far she's come. She's still, uh, she still takes, regressive steps every once in a while and she still gets uh tricked by the media but um if she like sits see for me like when i when i see anything from the media or like anything from a authority source my first thought is that it's bullshit yeah 
and like she has to like consciously be like oh they're like she like if she didn't think about it she'd believe what she still would believe probably until she like stopped and thought about it and did the steps that i've told her to do you know and when anything comes out so that's awesome man i was well we're from the boston area so i started listening to that one about the uh marathon bombing yeah with monica perez i was telling everybody i'm like you gotta listen to this this is unbelievable yeah that was monica perez is so um knowledgeable on that but it's weird because she doesn't she gets right into it she doesn't like explain what like what happened like leading up to like the manhunt for those two brothers yep. but but she has everything like after the bombing happened yeah. so if you have stuff with that yeah it's crazy <laughs> yeah I, I was happy that when i listened to it that she focused on the manhunt and and the black suv that she was talking about was actually a mercedes if it makes any any difference and, and uh what did she say it was just a black a just bmw yeah oh, okay yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It was just, I, I just remember that because at the time I was working in Cambridge and yeah. I was in Harvard at Harvard and I worked for Harvard for 10 years in their, in their culinary department, feeding the kids and dining halls and catering and all that stuff. Yeah. And I would go in super early in the morning and the day that that manhunt happened, it was the most eerie silence in what's otherwise, uh, you know, you'd hear sirens going off and people in the streets, even at, you know, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, nothing it, it was like a, a ghost town, creepy, creepy ghost town walking into work. And yeah. Like, yeah, they had us all locked down and, and there was staff that couldn't come to work because Watertown, which is the town where the whole thing happened, was yeah. all locked down. It, it was it was crazy to, to relive that. And then being with Harvard for 10 years, I knew a lot of people that worked for Harvard that had family and friends at the bombing and you know they they said yeah definitely something happened some sort of explosion so that's why i'm glad she didn't get into that because that's totally up for up for debate of you know what what really happened you know in all events leading up to the explosion so she did a really good job with that yeah for like lead for the events leading up to it like the actual bombing yeah um charlie robinson on macroaggressions does a really good job with it yeah he's great he's he does a really good job so speaking of Monica Perez, I was listening to Drive-By News Blast this morning, I think it was, and she said that she had you coming on again uh, to her to her show, I, I think again, and she referred to you as Adam the Agorist. Yeah. What's that? I, um. So I'm going to go on her the show. Definition of it, so I know the definition, but I want to I want to hear from you what what that's all. Yeah, about. I'm going to go on her show tomorrow and just kind of talk about um freedom freedom stuff, I guess, and uh agorism is just so like anarcho-capitalism is the most pure form of libertarianism it's like mm -hmm. ultimate free market you know and agorism is just kind of an offshoot where it's not so much of the philosophy it's just it's getting down to business and doing stuff and operating in gray and black markets um without you know detection from the from the government it's uh it was a philosophy that was first developed by this guy called um samuel conkin the third and he wrote a book called the um what's it called oh shit it's called the um new libertarian manifesto and he outlines like uh the, the agora is like an old greek word that just means the marketplace so agorism, don't say agorism, say agorism. 
because it's the agora okay um is just uh yeah it's just um you know just it's like you know selling stuff on on craigslist or yeah. not paying taxes you know anything yeah. from like selling heroin on the corner to harvesting eggs in your backyard and selling them to your next door neighbor you yeah. know i have something do you want to buy it yes i want to buy it and that's as far as it should go right yeah it's like, like when not. uh do you remember on the Chappelle show and like dave Chappelle showed the it's like how come you never hear about the good drug deals and it's just like one guy walks up to the guy on the corner and is like hey you got some weed the guy's like yep they go here you go and the guy walks <laughs> away you know that's the way it should be man i agree 110 yeah. percent um so bring bring that into or, or tie that into these farmers markets man you run some farmers markets i'm hearing yeah so i um this summer i was listening to pete quinone's podcast free man beyond the wall and this guy john bush was on and he's uh he's like a younger guy but he's an activist and he him and Derek bros um started this thing a while back called freedom cells yeah they have a have website a, called a, a thing on there yeah yeah profile yeah and um it's just uh it's kind of like a clunky social media app and you can go on there and it's like for freedom and liberty minded people you put in your name whatever you want to be called you put in like your address or not or you know a place you're close to if you don't want to list your exact address and um people that have registered in that area pop up you can look anywhere in the world that has people in it but um you know i i did the portland area because i live in, in near portland oregon and uh you know, I was out walking the dog and I, I heard about it. I went home, signed up for it. And um, I got a message from this, this person. They said, we're having a meetup in the park today. If you want to come. And I was like, well, this is weird. I feel really <laughs> uncomfortable, but I'm, I'm going to go check it out. I did it. And then I went and there was um, this really nice uh, woman who started it named Mackenzie. And um, she's there with her baby and you know we just sat on a blanket in the park and there was like uh probably about 10 of us she kind of made um made this little community out of like people she found on freedom cells people she found on like the meetup app and also on next door which is it was like a bunch of like older older ladies that were like bummed about wearing masks that she'd met on on the next door app so do you guys have that where you live no, no, I've never next heard door is like, you know, you like buy a house or live in like a certain neighborhood next door. It don't, don't sign up for it. It's okay. really annoying. It's like okay. people complaining about the grocery, out. keep people complaining about like parking lots in the grocery store oh. in the neighborhood. It's like, the, like, it's like the virtual blinds. Of the, the yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so most of the people that she met on there kind of faded away once we started talking about like anarchy and, and stuff like that, not obeying the laws, but, um, yeah. And, uh, so we, you know, what the weather's nice here in the summer. So we like met there all summer long and it got bigger and bigger and, um, people from different, all different walks of, of life in the area started coming and showing up and, you know, um, eventually the weather gets shitty here and we found a, a place like a, uh, like a wellness center where the people give massages and, and, uh, acupuncture and stuff, but they have like a big meeting room. And one of the guys that comes to the meeting is a masseuse there and gave us access to it. So, you know, it's like 30, 40 people now. And, um, I was just like, well, we need to, we talk all this, all this shit, you know, we need to 
kind of get it into action. So I decided, um, like, what I noticed was people people showed up, and for the for the first time in like a year, they they'd been in a room with people without a mask, and like how powerful that was. And like some people started crying, like all these. It's amazing how many like. 40 year old soccer moms are pissed off in Portland and you'd never expect it. And I just saw what, what just like community and like hanging out amongst people was doing for people and how, how powerful it was. So I said, maybe I'll do like a potluck. And then I was like, well, how about instead of a potluck on the, on the weeks when we don't have our freedom cells meetup, because we do it every other week we do. I'll just do like a little underground farmer's market at my house. So everybody can bring stuff that they make at my house. I was like, don't make it a fucking garage sale. Don't bring your old shit. But like, if you make, you know, some sort of like artistic thing, or if you make food or something, bring it over and we'll, you know, we'll uh, you can pay with cash. You can pay with crypto. They set up this uh, community credit system, which is like an old school, like blockchain where like you, 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 trade for like a credit and then like so if you if you buy something you go negative one and the person you buy it from goes one and you can go all the way to negative 20 but after that you can't go anymore and like so like and then there's one guy who has a ledger at the end of the day he adds everything up and the ledger should always equal zero does that make sense yeah but there's no currency exchange it's kind of just on on good faith yeah the thing i don't i don't really do it because i don't like it because they base they base what one is on a dollar so it's subject to inflation i'm not into that yeah yeah. but people are people are doing that and it's pretty cool too for people that want to do it we have like um you if you buy something on there there's a they have a telegram a telegram uh, room where you go in and you tell you tell the guy what you bought and who you bought it from and he does the ledger yeah you really started something here huh yeah so (laughs) like yeah we've done a couple of them the last one there was like over 30 people at my house and it's just like in the i've got like a little house downstairs in my house it's like a thousand square feet so it was pretty packed so um we're gonna move it we got another spot where we can move it to i think uh people in the area that have like like rental like places that that usually get rented out for stuff and haven't been able to do it are kind of just like man this is i gotta i gotta start doing it no matter what even if it's not lawful people are starting to do that so yeah forget the lawful thing i mean have you heard of joel salatin yeah i love joel salatin joel salatin's awesome and he's got this book that i'm getting into now i read his first book i read from him was folks this ain't normal and that kind of got me going on on all the food stuff and the way you know we're growing food and how we're eating and whatnot. But he's got another book and it's called "Everything I Want to Do Is Illegal." And, and Joel Salton does, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The book is friggin' incredible, man. Everything That's I want awesome. to do is illegal. And, and I don't read much. I listen to audiobooks. This one yeah. doesn't have an audiobook, so I'm forced to read it. So I'm moving through it slowly. But it's it's just it's, it's incredible, man. This this guy's just ideas on on how to how to feed your family and and just be happy and, and live your life. He's 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 a prophet, man. I, yeah. I, yeah. The cool thing that he does is everything that he does is scalable up or down. Yep. 
yeah. down to like the stuff he builds you know you can build it for five like if he builds a chicken coop you can build it for five chickens and you can build it for a thousand you know yeah, that's that's so. my next move is to build a chicken coop you know that chickens we, aren't aren't around in our our town but we're working yeah. that. we're gonna get a petition going i got kind of the framework of it going and then yeah. we'll pass it off to him to read it and we can add add some stuff to it and there's actually been a lot of progression with chickens in Salem. I, I think I more people it. have it. Yeah. Have them. It used to be that for every chicken, they had a rule that for every chicken, you had to have one acre of land. So if you wanted six chickens, you had to have six acres of land. Nobody Jeez. has that. They yeah. wrote that and people <laughs> have fought that. So this has been kind of an ongoing thing. So now it's you can have six chickens, but you have to have an acre of land. And yeah. the thing that's messed up about our town is the zoning. And I'm in what's considered a, 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 a residential zone where they don't want you to have chickens. But the reality of it is, is our town is on the mass border. And in New Hampshire, there's no state sales tax. There's no income tax. So people come from the, the border towns in Massachusetts and to Salem to do their shopping. So what we have is this big strip of supermarkets, shopping malls and everything. And I think it's part of them saying, okay, these people live in town and they live in this proximity to all of our shopping district. So they're not going to be able to have any kind of animals on, on their property because we want them buying eggs from our store mm -hmm. and, and all that. So I, I think corporate greed. Yeah, I think there's a lot of corporate greed involved with that. So we're we're gonna go and, and kind of take that head on, man. And uh, your your Instagram, your your chickens, and 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 you talking about them. That's that's kind of inspired me too, man. Those chickens are beautiful. Thanks, man. For anybody listening, check out Deborah. It's Deborah gets red pill Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Adam has his chickens that, that he raised as meat birds. How did that all go, man? Can you walk me through yeah. the process? Yeah. Um, hold on, let me turn on the light in here real quick. Yeah, it's getting dark. It. Yeah, so last summer we got um we got egg birds. We bought, you know, um five of them. And since then we've gotten two more and uh it went really well egg birds are super easy it's like if you have three it's not any more work than if you have 10 if you have a, a place for them to to range around and uh you know eventually like i don't have anything to do i'm 41 years old i don't have a ton of friends i don't drink so i watch a lot of uh, youtube videos on how to build stuff and just like kind of dad dad stuff you know i'm right there with you man I'm the yeah i'm not a father yet but i watch i definitely watch dad videos on youtube like my <laughs> wife's like my wife's bummed when she's sitting on the couch with me don't wear the dad but, um, speakers, man no new balances all right <laughs> yeah yeah those are good um but yeah so eventually like i said like I, I look up a bunch of chicken stuff i'm always looking at like what people are doing with chickens and eventually you get to it's funny if you get deep enough into youtube chicken stuff you eventually end up in a bunch of like filipino speaking areas but um but yeah i think uh like a joel salatin i think one of his videos came up and it sh he was a, he, it showed him like at a seminar processing a meat bird probably mother news or something like that yeah and it just showed him like with uh he had a cornish cornish cross chicken and he like slid its throat you know he had cool like machinery to do everything with, but uh, he had like a bird from alive to processed in like three minutes, you know, and I was like, wow, I could probably do that in the backyard. 
and the government probably doesn't want me to do it so <laughs> i should do it and uh you know i just started watching a whole bunch more stuff about that and uh meat birds are easy they're like you just feed them and give them water and keep their area pretty clean and that's all there is to it and they get to market weight in two months and uh so i went and found a uh, local hatchery down the road a couple hours and they shipped it right to the post they ship them to the post office when they're a day old hmm. um i got I got, I ordered 12 of them. They give you one extra because sometimes they die in transport. Uh, three of them died pretty, pretty quickly. Like they have this thing that's called failure to thrive. I think it's pretty common. Um, so I had to take care of a couple of those real early, which was a bummer. And then, um, you know, you brood them. I brooded them in a, in a little baby pool in the, in the mudroom at my house. And then when they get their feathers, it's cold here in the winter, not like you guys, but, you know, it gets below freezing at night. Um, and so you wait till you get feathers. And I built another coop for them out in this unused part of my yard and just put them in there and with some heat lamps. And you got to feed them. If they eat so much. They're just bred to eat. So I, you have to feed them. I fed them 12 hours on, 12 hours off. And uh, otherwise they'll eat. They'll have like heart attacks. They won't be able to walk. And um, for these next ones, I think I'm going to feed them. I'm only going to give them food for 10 to eight to 10 hours, see how it goes. Cause these things, I waited two months, eight weeks, and I probably could have done it. At, I, I could have butchered them at, at six weeks. Like one of them was nine pounds. Jeez. I'm going to pull it up on it's Instagram insane. for him to see. It's, it's unbelievable the size of these. Like, like, yeah, like a, it's like a small turkey, man. Yes, I tried to do like the first one I tried to do a beer can chicken with, and it just like kept tipping over. So I just like cooked it on the grill, smoked it just like how I did a Thanksgiving turkey. So you did it all outside. So, so what do you do? You hang them by the knock them out, hang them by their feet, and slit the necks. You just, uh, they have these like these sheet metal, like little funnel cone things called kill cones. I just made a little stand. Yep. And I, uh, you put them in there upside down and then their head sticks out the bottom. They were so big that I couldn't get their heads out the bottom of the cone. So I had to like, I had to take an angle grinder and cut part of the cone off because their breasts were so big, they wouldn't get down far enough into the cone. Yeah. And so I cut them off and then, uh, yeah, you just put them in there. I got a scalpel. You just kind of pull their neck down, find a, find the jugular and dispatches them in like a 10th of a second. Yep, that's oh, awesome, it's, man. It's a little creepy the first couple times. It's a little disturbing how easy it gets by the end of doing 10 of them. <laughs> but uh yeah, then you um you get like a turkey fryer. Um fill fill up a uh a pot full of water and I'll get it at like 155 160 degrees. Dunk them in there for like 30 seconds. And then uh I went up to Washington and rented a, like a, this big, this thing, it's a chicken plucker. It's an electric chicken plucker. I rented it off some people for the day for like 25 bucks. And uh, if you ever want to look up what it looks like, it's called a whiz bang chicken plucker. It's like a blue barrel with like these rubber fingers in it, just hooked up to like a Briggs and Stratton motor um, that's belt, you know, turned with a belt. And uh, you, you uh, put the, chickens in in there after after you put them in the scalding water and and it just beats them around for half a minute and uh 
and takes most of their feathers off. The problem was ours were so big, it kept like, they kept getting stuck and bogging down the machine. So we figured like we had to like, we'd dunk them in the water, pull out as many feathers as we could by hand, put them in there. You spray water in to keep it like lubed up and going. Feathers come out the bottom. There's a bunch of videos on YouTube. You can watch that stuff. It's pretty cool. You ever seen so. one of those? No, no, not you? for turkeys. You, you, you hunt a turkey. Yeah, but he hunts. I, I don't do any of that stuff. My yeah. sense of me going out and catching a live animal is is going to the pond and catching a largemouth bass and throwing it back. Yeah. 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 Are you hunt at all? Growing. Up there? I I uh I went hunting this year for the first time, or as like I like to call it, like walking around in the woods for three days and not seeing <laughs> anything. Yeah. We uh we went down to like the very bottom of Oregon, southern Oregon, yeah. um, by Ashland. And uh it's it's nice down there but yeah we didn't see we went on opening weekend and we didn't get any like the special areas like i don't have like a 200 year old like family secret place so we just kind of like went and hung out some clear cuts and walked on some fire roads and saw a bunch of does but didn't see one buck like they got the memo and stayed hid for the whole weekend you know so and do you have elk out there yeah we do um yeah i'd love to go elk hunting i want to get this kind of Deer is kind of like basic 101 deer rifle hunting. I kind of want to get that figured out and then go do elk hunting is um, they do a bow season and like the, at the end of the summer, I think in late August. Yeah. And then they have one week for elk in the winter time. So it's cold for the rifle. So you got to wow. go, you go out to like Eastern Oregon or they, I think they have coastal elk too. And uh, yeah, but that's hard. That's like, I think that hunting takes more skill. Yeah, it's such a nice area. Oregon's turned into a shithole, huh? I mean, Portland's a shithole. The rest of Oregon's pretty awesome. It's a yeah, bummer, so it's but like, like but like everybody awesome. lives in the Portland area, so that's like the way that the state. You know, I mean, it's it's like everywhere in the country. It's it's like a little little tiny, tiny dot of blue, but it's where everybody lives, and then the rest of the state's red. You know, so there's still shit happening there, right? Like every I think day. so. I I'm working right downtown right now. And uh, it's it's a ghost town, man. It's crazy. Like, there's nobody down there. I could park. I like. I'm working. Pioneer Square is like one of like one of the main areas down there. It's like where you see like when Proud Boys and Antifa are like fighting each other. They're always like down there. And I'm working like directly across the street from it. And it's just bums and tents. And you could like park right on the street now. It's, it's like the you know the downtown metropolitan area. There's nobody even there anymore. Everything's just boarded up. Like they're. I'm working on a building. I build elevators for a living. So I'm in a building where it's like some business that had been there since like 1850 closed down. It's turning into a CVS now. So yeah, didn't you, I heard you say on one of your podcasts, I, I, I think it was, I can't remember which one it was, but that the company you work for was the company that supplied the Nazis with the, the steel. Yeah. Yeah. The railroads. Yeah. Tissenkrupp elevator. Uh, Fritz Tissen was like, this i don't know how he got his money originally but it's like the largest uh steel producer in all of europe it's like this huge conglomerate and they have an elevator you know uh portion of it that i work for but he was one of the like along with henry ford and the bushes and stuff he was one of the main funders of the nazi party yeah 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 it was uh what was it jfk to 9-11 i watched that a while back and that kind of opened my eyes to all that stuff 
yeah but, you know, bush supplying the prescott bush supplying the funds so that they could build buy the steel and then the steel came from america that got laid into auschwitz it's freaking crazy man it's, it's a just a giant spider web of, of just yeah, it's pretty dark. Like my company's, everybody always says Thyssen, but it's pronounced Tissen. It's spelled T-H-Y-S-S-E-N and then K-R-U-P-P. So it's like two words. And uh, I think on the rumor is, and like you can see pictures of the ovens and they say like Krupp Industries on them, on the doors. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and Wow. That's an American company. Yeah. No, no, German. No, they're it's German. It's like a big German conglomerate. Yeah. Germany spread out globally. I guess they had to go somewhere, right? Yeah. (laughs) You know, Um, and it's just kind of like it is is now with with um, Bill Gates taking over all this farmland. I think it's important. Now he's pushing the the chemical uh, meat too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's important that we're having these conversations about you know, you growing your chickens and doing these underground farmers markets inspiring me to do a lemonade stand with, with my kid this summer. You yeah. Know, like a, like a yard sale lemonade stand. I'm going to make beef jerky and try and sell that there too. And nice. Hopefully you don't get uh, beat by the cops. But. Yeah. That's, that's probably going to be my, <laughs> my neighbor across the street from me. Isn't too fond of me. She's got a thing for my trees. Um, Cause she thinks they're leaning a little too much on, on, you know, her way and is afraid that they're going to fall. So she'd be quick to, uh. To, to dime me out, but that's all right. You know, yeah, I don't believe people would do that. I know it's I crazy. Like, why? I'm insured. You know, the tree. Yeah. Like a beautiful tree. You know, no, like why people would rat you out for oh, like stuff uh, like that? For anything. Why? Yeah, why do you care? No, nobody goes by the philosophy of mind your own business. Everyone's got, like I said, their blinds open, man. Whether it's online or or or, or right in your face, man. It's got a. They don't. They, it's, it's drama. They thrive off of drama. Yeah, I think people, you know, especially like older people, they're just bored. <laughs> Yeah, bored, bored, exactly. Yeah, you know, that's crazy, absolutely crazy. But yeah, I mean, Bill Bill Gates is is taking over the farmland. His his buddy Bezos isn't too far behind him with with other land. I think he's got like two hundred thousand acres of, of just like random land. Yeah, Ted Turner, he's the one that he was the old like the old one that used to be like the biggest private landowner in America. And they're all on board with this agenda. And, and this new world order crap and this stuff going yeah. on in Davos with the Great Reset and it's just absolutely yeah. un, unreal, man. So it's important that we have these conversations. I'm I'm so pumped that you were able to come on this podcast with us, man. I appreciate yeah. it. you know to just get this 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 information out there. Yeah. Um, can can we dive into a little bit of like the I, and I know you're big into it. And, and I know we're going to talk a lot about chickens and stuff like that, but I'm curious, <laughs> man. Franklin Franklin scandal. Can you give me the cliff notes on that and, and kind of tell me what it's all about? Yeah. Let me do one quick thing before I do that. Yeah. Okay. So my wife has been listening to all the podcasts where I've been talking about my chickens and she's like, really, she got really mad at me because she's said, it, she said it sounded like I had said I was doing it all on my own. So it's 50, 50. She, she does half of it and she takes care of most of the egg stuff. So okay. Um, and on so, your Instagram, there's a picture of your lovely wife smiling with the chicken. Yeah. So there is proof out yeah, there. So. <laughs> now, yeah. Like, before we get into the Franklin cover, how about like canning and pickling and all that stuff? You, are you practicing any of that? Last summer. So last summer, you know, my, when I moved into my house, my backyard wasn't a complete mess, but it was just like, it was just kind of a shitty lawn and nothing cool back there. And, um, I like made it really, really nice. I built a ton of raised beds. And uh, last summer we had 
so much food that we grew and um what what the 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 mistake we made is that we didn't like figure out how to like what real people that really know how to garden do they stagger when they plant stuff and so like they have like a constant rotation Mm -hmm. and uh so we had like you know we were eating like these huge salads like three times a day because we had so much we had like 12 you know different types of lettuce and it's like it grows really really well here and um perfect climate yeah i grew it gets hot here in the summer and i grew um i planted three uh cucumber plants and they just got went crazy and i was getting like these monster monster cucumbers so i figured out how to um how to pickle and can those i didn't do any um water bath canning but i have that now so everything i did i just fermented in the refrigerator which is the difference between water bath and like the other way is it water bath if you do it with a water bath canner you're it's it's shelf stable yeah well the water bath canner be careful with it because we're learning that too and he bought a pressure canner yeah i used a pressure canner i just tried with beef stew and it seemed to work pretty well yeah um but yeah you were saying botulism yeah but not only that with the water bath canning you're talking about just putting it on a pot of boiling water and, and dropping yeah. the jar in there so that's good for like your acidic foods if you get into non non-acidic foods like like if you have um if you have bones and you make a broth and, and it has yeah. acid in it and you want to jar that broth you have to do that in in a pressure canner where, okay. where it gets it under such such pressure that it sucks all that air and everything out of that jar and the yeah. only way you can you can can is um non-acidic food is in, in a pressure canner otherwise yeah the water bath is perfect but yeah, so like you're saying, like most vegetables and stuff like that should be fine in a water bath. But if it's like animal products, probably. No, if you're if you're pickling them, they'll be fine. But let's just say you want to do um, uh, canned corn. Yeah. And actually, corn, because you're going to add so much salt to it in, in the water or the brine that it's sitting in, that would probably be good. But if it was like a broth or a soup, um, like say you make vegetable broth out of all your vegetable scraps instead of composting it or before you compost it, you yeah, want to make a big broth out of it. That broth would would still have to be pressure canned. If you use a just the water bath can, it, it's not going to get enough air out of that jar. So the the, sure. the acid and the salt preserve whatever's in that jar along with whatever air is sucked out of there. But yeah, pressure canning is your your one all be all. Okay. It's not that bad. It's actually way easier than I thought. I thought like you're gonna have to be constantly like screwing with the the pressure and stuff, and no, it's like a, you put the weight on and you just forget about it. Let it sit for, I think I did, it was an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Okay. But it wasn't yeah. bad. And I got it at, uh, I don't know if you, they probably don't have uh, tractor supply. Yeah, we got those. Oh, that's where I got mine. It was like okay. bucks, I think, mm-hmm. like with everything I needed. I'll check it out. Yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah, the way we're going to kind of move along with this podcast, <laughs> and you know, we like we talked about before getting burnt out on the geopolitical stuff. There's only so much about friggin' pineal glands and, and eating babies that I can, that I can, <laughs> it, it, it's like now's the time to, and really for me, and I think for him too, it hit me after January 6th and the bullshit shit show that, that happened there is now it's time to worry about those four walls and what's inside of them and, and the people close to me. So I got two young daughters, my wife, I got my friends, and it's time for us to kind of come together and, and take care of one another because everything else, man, it's, it's out of that control. We, we, we just have no, 
no say in, in you know, what the next big cryptocurrency is going to be, if the Federal Reserve is going to, going to go under, if Tom Hanks and Ellen DeGeneres are going to end up in jail or get more. I thought they were already dead. <laughs> yeah. no, who's a clone? They're, on ha- they're on house arrest. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's really where we want to, you know, bring this podcast. But we still want to talk about stuff like Franklin cover because I haven't been. Yeah. I'm hoping you can give me the cliff notes so I can start digging yeah. in the rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so crazy that there's people that still – Think like March fourth, President Trump. Still, <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll, I'll do an uh, I'll do an exclusive right here on your podcast. If Donald Trump is the president on March fourth, I will drink a warm glass of my own piss on my <laughs> podcast live. All right, so well, pretty confident. <laughs> yeah, the but awesome um, thing about that for you is is that I don't think many people are listening to this. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're growing man yeah (laughs) you'll get there man yeah soon enough consistent yeah it's awesome it's awesome when you first start because you get to see the progression and then you get like to like a certain amount of episodes and it doesn't change you're like god damn it because it was like first it was like 12 then it was like 100 then it was like 500 you know and it keeps going up and up and then it plateaus what i told um ricky verandas when i was on the first ricky rants with fans with with him right and i hopped on there and we were all just kind of shooting the shit in the end i'm like yeah me and my buddy started a podcast and we did it with two usb mics my my mac laptop and garage band i i i don't really care how how big the numbers get i care about the quality of the people that are going to be listening yeah and and I it's therapy, man. For me to come in here and sit here with this guy, and I never knew this guy before March of last year. We, yeah, we met in a Facebook um, group, a, a town, page. A, a town page, and and he made some crazy comment, and I came back with something else that was like just as ridiculous, and we've been buddies. <laughs> <laughs> right on. A match made in heaven, I, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah, this guy's been red pilled. <laughs> yeah. Hit him up. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so you want to do Franklin? Let's do yeah. it, man. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Okay, you got any specifics? You want me to just no, go straight like, into it? Cliff notes, man. Start from the beginning, just so I have some some things that I can kind of kind of go and learn about. I know there's a documentary out there on it. I, I yeah. follow this website. I think it's called conspiracydocumentaries.com. Oh, I should and, check uh, that out. It's a, they got some good stuff on there, and they got a lot of links to like YouTube um, links. And a lot of those YouTube links are dead, but they they try and update their their page yeah. all the time. And there you was probably find them all on BitChute if they're not on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, BitChute usually has them. And um, I, I started to get into the documentary, but it was a little dry, and I lost interest. And I think my kids were were bothering me in some form or another. Yeah, um, looking for attention, you know, and, and just couldn't get into it and never picked it back up. And and I I, I know it has to do with trafficking, and and. I'll, I'll let you take it away, man. Yeah. So in the in the mid 1980s, um, in Omaha, Nebraska, America's heartland, there was um, there was a small credit union called the Franklin Credit Union, and it was designed to like help. Um, I guess like Omaha is like a pretty pretty segregated and has like a big low income uh, area, like the wrong side of the tracks type situation. And this Franklin Credit Union was uh, started to help, you know, people like that get mortgages and bank accounts and stuff like that. And it was run by this guy named Lawrence E. King, uh, Larry King. They call him Black Larry. He's a big 300-pound black guy. Um, He was a rising star in the 
um, Democratic Party. He was like the original, original Candace Owens, you know, like sweetheart black guy of the Republican Party. Um, if you go, you can see video of him singing the national anthem at like the 1984 Republican National Convention. Um, but so he's running this uh, this credit union and he's embezzling money from it. He's also at the same time running like a child trafficking, sex trafficking ring. And it goes from local celebrities in the Omaha area um, all the way to the George Bush White House. I knew it. Um, like it had to have been a Bush. Yeah. <laughs> the original the, George Bush one, Poppy Bush. Yeah. 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 That's, our, that's our, go our governor's dad's good buddy. And our governor's dad's a little crooked too. We'll get into yeah. that, frankly. But um, so yeah, in uh, Omaha, Nebraska is also home of America's most beloved orphanage, Boys Town. Have you ever heard of that? So I'm 41. I can remember when I was little, they'd have like commercials for it on TV and stuff. You could donate money. Yeah. And it's this enormous, enormous uh, Catholic um, orphanage for boys. I think it started, you know, for benevolent reasons after World War One, because there were so many kids who would like whose dads had died and it was the depression and they couldn't, you know, there was a lot of kids that were on their own. So, but, um, Larry King uses all his, uh, his, um, influence amongst local celebrities, like local, um, columnists for the paper sheriffs. He knows everybody, everybody loves him. He's got a couple different houses around town. And he starts like he's having these parties. His houses are all wired up for for video, like Epstein's. You know, it's like a typical brownstone operation. And um, he's getting kids from Boys Town, and also other local kids. And he's trafficking them all over the United States, having a mule drugs for them, go have sex with people, filming it, getting it on tape. You know, and it's typical pedophilic blackmail operation um the most famous kid that was a part of it is this guy paul Bonassi, and uh he's um i i find him to be pretty credible he is he says he's a victim of like mk ultra and all this stuff like that it gets sketchy with him because he go, later goes on to molest some kids and go to prison for it so he, he loses credibility but what they what they did is it's just like what what they always do they get these kids hooked on alcohol and like cocaine when they're like 14 years old they invite them to these weird parties you know these child sex parties where like um local local elites and people all over the country they're saying like oh if you do a good job with you know so-and-so tonight you'll we'll give you some cocaine and yeah, so um, there's this guy, Craig Spence, and he was a high-powered um, lobbyist in D.C., and he was Larry King's partner in all of this. And uh, um, he eventually committed suicide, apparently. Um, and uh, throughout the whole ordeal, like, people in Omaha knew that it was going on, and all these, like, committees started 
it's it gets pretty complex there's a really good book by nick bryant called the franklin scandal okay. but it's uh it's really long and it's a tough read but you can hear nick bryant on the ripple effect and it's really wow. good so look that up right there um but they uh they kept like having to get rid of all these investigators that weren't doing their jobs because local law enforcement was complicit with all these people. They finally get this guy called Gary Caradori. He's like a, a really good uh, PI and he starts investigating this stuff. He finds the, uh, he finds the guy that was like the photographer and guy that would film this stuff. He flies to, I think it was, he has a, he has a license, a pilot's license. So he takes his little son and he flies to, I think, St. Louis, because that's where the Major League Baseball All-Star game is that year. Um, meets up with that guy, the photographer guy, gets some like, like gets the, the what do they call it? He gets like the, um, the most damning evidence. You know, he gets the proof. He's bringing it back to Omaha with his little kid in the plane. And the plane just explodes midair and you know the evidence is lost so um eventually uh so what happened what happened was what got the kind of got the investigation started was larry king had, had embezzled like 40 million dollars from this credit union that had only like three million dollars to its name um he goes to prison for that for a little while um these kids who there's like a group of like three or four kids who are like the main witnesses and they uh they get charged with perjury for not recanting their statements and they go to prison and uh it's it's a horrible story it's a bummer that it's like the conspiracy that i know the most about <laughs> but um yeah it's uh it's pretty crazy it's crazy they sent these kids they told these kids if you don't if you keep saying, you know, if you keep testifying the way that you're testifying, we're going to send you to prison for perjury. And they did. So Larry King served, I, I can't remember, not very long in prison. He lives in Virginia now and works at a Mercedes Benz dealership. So yeah, no kidding. Just like nothing ever yeah. happened. Huh? Yep. All right. So I'm thinking probably getting a pretty good commission. That's crazy. It's crazy that it's linked to the White House, the Bush White House too. It's our, our yeah. Governor. We got a governor, Chris Sununu, here in the state. And he's one of those kind of wishy-washy guys that's, you know, he, he runs as a Republican, but he knows that there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of red in the state, but he he panders to the Democrats too. And he's he's been groomed, right? Oh, absolutely. From, he's going to be going for president. It's a guarantee. There's pictures yeah. of him in the 80s with his dad, and his dad was also the governor of New Hampshire too. His dad sits on the board and owns a majority share of this company called Anglo-Asian Mining. They're out of, um, they're out of uh, England. Yeah. And what they do is they drill for gold in all of these, these uh, countries. Basically, they send in their economic hitmen to make their deals. And, and when the country doesn't pay back what they owe, then they, 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 they take their land and, and, and all that, right? The, the yeah. Classic story. So he sits at the, at the head of this, this company. And this company is, is drilling in Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. Mm -hmm. and this company is responsible for funding the Azerbaijani people to get rid of the Armenians. And so they could take over that land that the Armenians were on and, and start drilling into that land. It's and the Azerbaijan government has a 51% 51 stake in the profits. Yeah. Well, so they have every reason to go over there. 
Because yeah. they make yeah, are they going to make millions, tons of money? They're millions. just pulling gold. I think it's something like eight hundred or nine hundred tons. They they estimate of gold are are sitting under where these people were, and they you know they make it sound like it's this this battle over these these people taking over land when it's really you just want to dig up the land and and put these people to work basically as slaves and that's our governor in the live free or die state man and I think he's, yeah he's got nine percent you know, yeah it's, it's, it's like, like it's, a, it's a majority it's share is what they say yeah that's yeah. our governor and he was his father's tied to the bush white house it's like everything just fucking crazy has come out of the bush white house or white houses in general yeah that's the that's the crazy um that's what everybody talks about in franklin is that these kids like went got to go on a tour of the white house at like midnight one night like after they'd been at this party in in washington dc so that was the original sixty thousand dollars worth of drugs (laughs) yeah they're trafficking kids into the white house for george bush unreal i wonder what was in those envelopes that fell out yeah, what do you think it, on that one? At, um, Bush's funeral. At, at Bush Senior, George Bush Senior oh, funeral. The where they're handing all the, where everybody's like freaking out, where they're handing them those envelopes. All, yeah. the, all the wives had envelopes that were inside of the program. Hillary opens her envelope, it drops on her lap, and she reads it stone face. And, and yeah. Carter, Jimmy Carter sitting next to her, looking at his, like, why don't I have an envelope? And it was only one yeah. thought it, Laura Bush. Michelle Obama and something um, with uh, Kuma Abedin was there too, right? I, I don't know. I don't know if Kuma Abedin was mentioned in that, but but as far as those those letters go, it, it was Hillary, it was Pence's wife, it was um, uh, Laura Bush and uh, Michelle Obama. Did I say that already? And I think there was maybe one more. Um, the Huma Abedin thing. I think that's that's the Frazzler crap. Yeah. I, what I I have no clue. Yeah. What do you guys think it is? what the uh, the envelopes yeah what do you think was in there i don't know man I there was know. talk that it said they know everything yeah i'm sorry or something like know, that like, like it was an apology letter and, <clears throat> and before his death it, it was like a confession and he said i told him everything that that's the rumor that's out there but no. oh that bush confessed yeah that yeah. bush confessed basically to the, being a deep state he's mentioned new world order a million freaking times you know yeah, when he says the new world order, yeah, new world and, order. and it will and it will happen. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. so creepy when he says that. <laughs> it's creepy when they all say it. The mayor of, of Chicago when she talks yeah. about everyone needing to bow down to the new world order. Yeah, it's nuts, man. It's, it's like we, we had our I think it was our second episode. We did the pilot episode and then we did another episode. We called it We're Living in a Comic Book because yeah. that's, that's what we, we're, we're in right now. We're in this comic book of these supervillains like like a battle of evil versus evil yeah Yeah, it's 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 just friggin' nuts yeah it's crazy man yeah it's like it's yeah it's beyond fiction that's partly why i kind of want what is it march 4th to actually happen yeah like this is the perfect ending to this comic book yeah that that would people's heads would explode that'd be that'd be (laughs) wild man i don't know what would i think portland would just spontaneously combust if that happened (laughs) man (laughs) there'd be a bunch of It'll be like a neutron bomb went off or something like that. Like all the buildings would be there, but everybody's head was, there'd be a bunch of people with their heads exploded. <laughs> so you're, you're in Oregon and have you heard of a show called Gravity Falls? It's a Disney show. No. Uh, you got to dip into this cartoon. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a cartoon I watch with my kids and it gives me the perfect opportunity to teach my kids about things like election fraud and time travel and, and yeah. racing. And, and portals to other dimensions and it's yeah it's, it's the craziest cartoons i didn't know if, if 
you being into what you're into and, and talking to your mother-in-law about the things that you guys talk about that you would have heard about. And it starts off with these two kids, the Pines twins, it's Dipper and Mabel Pine. And they move to Oregon with their, to, to a town called Gravity Falls with their great uncle for the summer. And this town is full of all kinds of crazy oddities. They have this crazy old hillbilly guy that runs around who turns out to be like the serious inventor that was part of finding the portals to these other dimensions. And um, the, the, the great uncle has this, this secret uh, lair behind a vending machine in the basement of his mystery shop. And, and he's trying to open this portal because his brother is stuck in the portal. And in the process, they end up summoning this demon called Bill Cipher. And Bill Cipher is a, a pyramid, like a legit golden pyramid with, with, <laughs> with the eye. It's, it's the craziest freaking cartoon that you've wow. ever seen. They get into cloning on a copy machine and there was a jam in the copy machine and that clone turned out to be a little, little crazy. <laughs> and yeah, they get into this guy, Wendell, the time traveler, gnomes that live in trees and, and form into this big giant super gnome. It's every single conspiracy that's out there that may or may not be real rolled into this cartoon that I get to watch with my kids and it's, it's freaking awesome. So I just didn't know if it was something. something no, I haven't checked it out, man. I don't have kids yet, so. Yeah, oh, yeah good. <laughs> there are can, I ask, can I ask you guys some questions about um, New Hampshire? Yeah, yeah, let's do it, man. I've never been there. Um, well, I've been to Boston a few times. I thought it was, a, I, I, I thought Boston was way cooler than like New York City. It's got like a lot more. History. Of the stuff that I'm into, but um, so the biggest city in New Hampshire is Manchester, correct? Yeah, I would or yeah. Nashua by population. I would definitely say Manchester or Nashua, but Manchester is more of like the urban city, city with you know the bigger buildings and kind of a destination for people to work and pallets right. on the streets when the BLM riots were happening last year. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'd say that's it. Yeah. Um, and it's to live for your die state. What are the, oh, what are the gun rights like? What's the gun scene like there? Um, That's his bag, man. Do you have constitutional carry? Constitutional carry. It is? You need a, yeah, you don't need a license or anything like okay. that. Okay. Um, That's so crazy because Massachusetts is like no guns, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like we can carry into Maine, we can carry into Vermont, but we can't go like into mass with a gun. Because they're yeah. all constitutional. Vermont's constitutional, Maine's constitutional. Ironically, they're both super liberal too, but they allow. Yeah, it. yeah, I couldn't carry a gun into California. Yeah. So, but other than that, it's pretty lax. I mean, there's no. I mean, you just you know automatic weapons. Obviously, you need. Yeah, same as everywhere. But like, like no uh, waiting period, anything like that. No, I had to wait like two weeks on a twenty-two of all guns. Why? Just because it was because it was just backed up. And yeah, it, that's how it is yeah. now. But if it's not backed up, it's just you it's, get, yeah, it, get it and go the same day. Go get yeah. lunch and then come back. Yep. That, that's what I did. I have a nine millimeter that I own, and a buddy of mine knew someone that was selling it. He hooked me up with his guy who had an FFL federal yeah. firearms license, and I went to his house, hung out with him in his garage, drank a beer and waited for the paperwork to go through and and that was it i walked out with my my hk vp9 nice yeah it's 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 super lenient when it comes to that stuff it's just crazy when it comes to some other stuff yeah so it's pretty much the same as here for gun rights except we don't have constitutional carry you have to have a concealed weapons license which is a four-hour class on a saturday but it's still bullshit that you have to have it 
Um, and then the sheriff issues it, but here the sheriff will issue them. Um, California, there's like only one county in the whole state that the sheriff will issue CCWs. So, um, what about um, the Free State Project in Keene? Do you know anything about those places? I've always wondered. Yeah, so the Free State Project is a group that started um, quite a while ago. And actually, the guy I had on last week, we had on last week, Aaron Day. Yeah, he's from there, right? Yeah, he, he made his way into New Hampshire from the Free State Project. Okay. And, uh, I'd be happy to, to get you his contact info and everything. And let you know yeah, much with them. I need to do a crypto show, so that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 him on. he would probably come on. Yeah. And, and actually, I don't even need to give it to you. I reached out to him through Twitter, man. He's, he's got his little envelope there. I sent him a message yeah. and, and he said, uh, yeah, sure. I'd love to come on. Cool. So, yeah. Just uh, reach out. Let him know you, you know, you know me and, and see where it goes. Um, but yeah, it's a group that, that was established to get liberty-minded people into New Hampshire. The website is pretty good, but it kind of funnels you into donations, which I didn't think was cool. Um, but they hold things like the Pork Fest every year, yeah. which is the, the big libertarian convention here. This year, they're doing it in June, I think it is. And yeah. they a campground for about five or six days. Um, so I wanted to get there for at least one of the days. Um, I don't know if I can go camping overnight or anything like that, just because I got the two kids and the wife and can't yeah. do it funny. I'm off to go to pork some, fest. some political thing called pork fest. She, she'd yeah. throw me, she'd go, all right, go stay at pork fest. Then. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just a, a great group to try and get people to move into New Hampshire and there's mixed emotions in the state about it. Um, there's a lot of these, you know, diehard yokels that have been here forever that you know want it their way and, and only their way and uh, they don't want anyone else coming in because they think that the libertarians are a little too progressive for them and, and you know I guess I, I, I guess in a way yeah but it's like leave leave the libertarians alone and they'll leave you alone you know yeah. so follow, follow that philosophy that's it yeah um what's the actual town of Keene like Keene's a pretty it's badass town. Extreme liberal, though. Very liberal. Very, very liberal. Um, very liberal, but you got somebody like Aria, and, and I forget her last name, which was the, um, she she ran for sheriff under um, under, liber under the libertarian label one year and lost. And then this past election, she ran under the, uh, for sheriff as a Republican and got in and proved that everyone just kind of votes down that that one side of the ballot yeah it's the old ron paul trick what's that it's the old ron paul trick yeah so that's she, a, that's what the big debate is is whether should, people should run as libertarians out of out of on on what's on uh you know to be good libertarians or should they be, run as republicans because it'll get them more votes you know well, the thing that's messed up about this this aria girl and I, i'm sorry i forget her last name and i've heard her on um um Mark Edge's show, um, or the, I forget the name of it right now, um, but uh, so she's a she advertised herself as a transgendered Satanist. In her, oh, I remember, called, yeah, I've heard of this lady, Anarchy A, and Aria for Sheriff, and and yeah, the, the pink hair, he she absolutely looks friggin' like like something you would see in in not in New Hampshire, right. not, not not in small town New Hampshire. And I don't know what the result of it was because it's actually we're we're on one side of the state close to the coast, 
They're yeah. completely on the other side of the state, right on the border of Vermont. And we don't really go that way. I go out okay. there when they do every year. Keene State, it's a big, big college out there. They do a big pumpkin festival, and everyone carves pumpkins. And there's like thousands of pumpkins just lining up up and down um, Main Street. But apparently, the city of Keene is a very libertarian kind of do what you feel attitude. Um, three quarters of the stores are taking cryptocurrencies yeah. that are in town. And it just, um, it, 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 it's, it's a really good vibe. It's really good restaurants and it's, it's, it's kind of up and coming, but it's not as stuffy and cuckoo as say a Portsmouth, which is out on the coast, which are all these like um, hoity-toity elite um, old, old money. It's, it's, it's more of, you know, the, the just, it's pretty Massachusetts cool. money kind of type deal. Like Portsmouth uh, is a lot of Massachusetts money. Coming vacation yeah. homes and stuff. You, you don't know what the hell these people are doing for a living, but they're, they're doing something. And the, the, all the girls are in Lululemon pants going to, going to water rowing classes and, and shit like that. That's, that's yeah. Portsmouth. Keen's yeah. not really like that. It's a little more on the hippie crunchy side and you've got a big libertarian community, but you also have a big liberal community, but everybody kind of coexists and leave, leaves each other alone. Cool. There was, yeah. Wasn't there a riot at the pumpkin factory? There was, and I was there for it. I was there with my two kids, and they were tiny at the time, too. I think one of them was still in the stroller. And we were leaving, and we had gotten a burger, a local burger, and we had a good time looking at all the pumpkins and everything. I was playing around with the camera. I was learning how to use a DSLR. And all of a sudden, all these college kids start running towards downtown. And as we're leaving, my wife is looking on social media, and she's like, holy shit, the whole town of Keene just erupted. We, we missed it by like the skin of our teeth. I, I I don't know if it was one of those things where you know the media made it out to be a bigger thing it is than it is to make the college look bad or something. I, I don't know, but um yeah, the, the it went crazy for, for Pumpkin Fest. It went absolutely crazy. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like uh, my my wife's best friend is getting married in Vermont in August, nice. and. uh if it was different circumstances, I'd totally go, but I'm not going to fly anywhere right now. So, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. You're going to need your ID to fly soon. Maybe this summer. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I really like, I want to check out like New England in like the summer or the fall. I heard it's, you know, that's the time to be there. So, well, if you do, where we are is, is a good starting point, man. And I got a guest bedroom, and you and your wife are more than welcome to, to come and uh, start there and, and venture from there, man. Right on. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So um, I, I guess we could call it a, a wrap for now. You got any other questions about New Hampshire or anything? I think that's it, man. Oh, yeah. You know what I did want to talk to you about? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's okay. Let's, let's go down another little rabbit hole. You filled me on the Franklin cover up and gave me the clip note version of that Tataria. What are we yeah. talking about here? Are we talking about like, like, an, like another, another time when giants roam the earth? Well, I am not an expert. Okay. at all i'm not even um very well educated on it at all um i've had i've done one podcast on it with some guys that aren't really experts either but no more than i do i've got another guy coming on next at the start of next month nice but um the tartarian empire i think is like was in the one of those weird places in the Caucasus mountains you know like over by like where khabib Nurmagomedov is from mm -hmm. um but it was this big empire and the thought is i think that it you know expanded all over the world even to like the west coast of the united states and um lasted you know until the 
mid 1800s some would say and uh was destroyed by some cataclysmic event that people call the mud flood and that the history that we've learned about the world is all fake and that all these like crazy structures and buildings and old architecture that you see um i think the biggest most amount of proof for it is that like it couldn't be done by the people at the time that they say it was being built like so like in san francisco there's all this beautiful architecture that they supposedly built in the 1850s when there was like 15,000 people in San Francisco and like there's this huge like elaborate courthouse there and all these like and it's uh you know you'll see like buildings where there's like windows like at floor level and stuff so a lot of people like they think that the this big mud flood came and and covered everything up um it's a serious rabbit hole to go down and uh I watch a lot of videos on YouTube about it but I think um, since I do construction, what helped me to get into it the most was learning about these giant um, buildings that they made during these like big world's fairs that they had in like the late 1800s and early 1900s. And uh, like Chicago, for instance, was done in like, they built like this huge site. I forget how many acres it was on. It's like a huge site and they had these gigantic auditoriums that would fit like 300,000 people in them and stuff and they're just like these beautifully um built buildings with all this intricate you know hand hand done work and stuff and the the uh timeline that it was built they have there's like canals there and all this crazy stuff and the timeline is that it was built in like 1891 to 1893 there's like no pictures of it being built. There's pictures um, where they've like superimposed um, scaffolding. They've did like early Photoshop. They, they drew like scaffolding in front of these buildings on these pictures. And this guy that I listened to on, um, on Freeman Fly's podcast, this guy named Howard Mikowski, um, he has this book called Exposing the Expositions. And he like took the, the, st the statistics of this place that was supposedly built from 1891 to 1893. He takes it to the guy, this guy that he knows, it's like the head of this huge construction firm. He's like, how long in today, with today's technology would it take to build? Like, what would you need to build this, this whole area for this fair? And the guy's like, it would take two years to draw the blueprints for it. And then it would take 15 years with 40,000 guys working on it. And the, t the timeline is that they built it in two years. And these, these, these uh, fairs were in like every, every city in America, you know? And um, a lot of times now, like in Seattle, they're like digging up foundations for new buildings and they're finding old stuff like buried underneath the ground. So the thought is that all that shit was already there we just repurposed it. And then the funny thing is on all these world's fair sites, after they're done, they just go in and they blow them all up with dynamite. No kidding. Yeah. So it's like the ultimate 
rabbit hole for me to go down it's 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 a tough place to like find a spot to jump in because there's so much like conjecture and speculation there's like no like real solid evidence for anything but if you go like look up this guy on youtube named john levy it's j-o-n-l-e-v-i he has like a ton of a ton of stuff um like 20 minute videos he talks really slowly um where he just shows like old pictures and talks about like the old times and what they said had happened and how it's not possible but i think it turns a lot of people off because it gets into like a lot of like flat earth stuff too so eh, i'm not married to the ball yeah me either so i'm i'm I don't. I don't know if I. I carry the way. You know, if, if I found out that it was flat, I'd well, okay. Why? Why? Why would? Yeah. The, why the lie is the more interesting question. Yeah. So listen to uh, David Weiss on uh, my friend Dean's podcast. Up is down. Like David Weiss was going around doing everybody's podcast for about a month and a half. He did like a hundred podcasts. He came on ours. Um. And uh, he talked, you know, he just did like his regular presentation and shows like all the experiments you can do to like prove to people like Deborah that the earth's flat. But um, he contacted my friend Dean who does up is down and, and he's like sm a pretty smart guy as far as conspiracies and stuff go. And he's like, I'll have you on, but I don't want to just do like your normal spiel. I want to talk about like why the lie. So they do that for like a couple hours and it's really, really good. So that's awesome. That makes it easy for the host too. You got this yeah. expert on. That's one thing that's awesome about your podcast, man. You get all these experts on. Do you just email people? That yeah. You in I just I just hit people yes. up on Twitter and look for yeah. emails and stuff. Yeah. So. Okay, so I'm on the right path then, because that's 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 what we've been doing. Is like, that's how I got that guy Aaron Day on. Yeah. Next week we got a um, we we got a podcast we're doing. We're bringing in a local guy. And he knows quite a bit about the Marvin Heemeyer situation in Colorado, the killdozer. Oh, yeah. I watched that documentary. That was they awesome. Made them, right? They made him look like he was nuts, though. Yeah. He did not. Did you listen to those tapes? He's got three hours of tapes out there. And it's on YouTube. He's, he's going through them. I'm going to start going through them this week just to prepare for the podcast. This guy's like a hero of mine. <laughs> yeah. He went for it, man. Yeah. yeah that guy's awesome. For sure. Yeah, he's a good welder. <laughs> excellent welder good concrete pourer too yeah he was, he was trying to fight a concrete company he could have just opened up his own concrete company i know <laughs> but yeah man we we need more people like you i i think this that it's just awesome what you're doing man and the wealth of knowledge that you have you're you're a savant with all this stuff it's, it's crazy i know i know a little about a lot yeah know? yeah if i'm ever in oregon and we're out and, and we come across trivia night for some big money with partners, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Where'd you get that yeah. flag behind you? That's what I was just gonna ask right. you. Where'd you get that flag behind? That so like we did we had a we had our, our there's so so there's like a big um there's like our local freedom cell and then there's like our big like regional one that's like um you know all of Oregon, Northern California and Washington. We call it the Cascadia Bioregional Freedom Cell. And in November, we had a, uh, up in Washington, some guy just said, gave up his property. It was pretty much just like a blackberry thicket of like totally raw land. And like November is not the nicest weather in, in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, he just said, come on up. And he had the uh, first annual Sasquatch Freedom Festival. And it ended up being just like four, 40 people hanging out um, around a campfire, bullshitting, talking about crypto and anarchy and all sorts of stuff so 
it was really cool. Um, we didn't camp out. We stayed at an Airbnb close by, but they're going to do uh, part two this spring at the same place, I think. And I think it's going to be bigger and better. And uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like um, everybody should check it out. Freedomcells.org. If you're uh, freedom minded, if you're, uh, you know, you don't have to be an anarchist or, uh, or an agorist or a libertarian, even you just have to care about freedom and, and liberty and leaving people to fuck alone. And if you want to meet people like that, go to freedomcells.org. I know you guys have. And um, if there's nothing in your area, start it up, talk to people about it. And uh, it's a really cool, uh, cool idea. Yeah, that's, that's the route I'm going right now. And I'm trying to, like I set up my profile on there and, and I want to do more with it. And I think what I want to do is I get with him and we're going to start videoing some canning, some smoking of meats, preserving the foods and, and do like a homesteaders Rockingham because we live in Rockingham County here and call it like the Rockingham County, you know, homesteaders song or something like that. You know, that's awesome, man. Yeah. 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 Setting up rain barrels. I'm in the process of getting some, some big 55 gallon plastic drums that I'm going to convert and hook them up to my downspouts so I can get some rain water in there to, to um, water the garden, you know, hook a hose up to it and then you know, yeah. the irrigation out there and, and just really, yeah, taking taking this this stuff really seriously because this is where we, we need to, to go. This is where we need to be. We need to look out for for one another, uh, you know, the people close to us, and 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 yeah, keep 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 up the good work, man. That's awesome. yeah, you guys too, man. I'm happy that you're that you're doing this. I'm glad we got to got to meet up, and I'm yeah, cool that we uh we found it through the ripple effect. Because you guys should get get Ricky on. He'll come on your show. I know. He'll, yeah, he'll he, do he said that. I'm so. That'd be like, I'm nervous. And he mentioned it'll get you. It'll get you a bunch of followers. He'll talk for two and a half hours and make it super easy. Yeah. And so I mean, he came on. He came on. I think our seventh on our seventh episode. He came on. You know, and we didn't have anybody listening. So he'll do it for you. Yeah. That's yeah. He's he's just such a super nice guy. I got butterflies in my stomach asking him because I'm I'm afraid that he'll say no. But if it wasn't for him, I started reaching out to him about this podcast saying, yeah, that's what I, I reached out to him too. I, I got him on Patreon. That's why I just started sending him messages, just like figuring out. I didn't, I had no clue how to like technically do a podcast, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's so easy. There's, there's yeah. nothing to do it. And yeah, yeah. He, he makes it look so easy. He's definitely got the gift of gab. And yeah, I, I owe a lot to him for the advice that he's given on the starting of this podcast and me bothering him through, through Messenger and on Facebook and whatnot. He was a great yeah. guy. I'm sure he'd love to come on because you guys are New England guys, and yeah, he's just a nice, nice dude. Yeah, yeah so. he's not too far from us. He's only about an hour and a half or so from from where we are. So we're right on the, the New Hampshire Massachusetts border. So yeah. we're about, um, with no traffic, and there's like no traffic right now. To get to Boston is about 30 minutes, and then yeah. once you get to Boston, you hang a right on the Mass Pike, and then you go right out into Ludlow, Springfield. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Springfield area. Yeah, he's in a suburb of Springfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um, let's wrap this up. Where can we find you, Adam? Uh, you can go, we're a uh, Deborah Gets Red Pilled podcast for anywhere you can find podcasts for the most part. Um, and email us at Deborah Gets Red Pilled at protonmail.com. We love, I'll answer every single email we get and uh, send us guest requests and uh, ideas for shows and what you think. We love hearing about it. We can take criticism too. And then we're on uh, Twitter at uh, at Deborah Gets Pilled. And that's probably the best place to hit us up, that and email. And uh, 
yeah, I'm so happy to have uh, done this with you guys and get yeah. to talk in real life or not real life, but on close kind of 2021 real life. And uh, yeah, don't even say that. Yeah, just... you guys figure something out that you want to tell me and Deborah about and come on our show. Awesome, man. Awesome. Open invite. So let us know. Perfect. Thank <laughs> maybe, you. Maybe we'll get into the Sununu thing. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be a good one. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Okay. All right. Take care. All right, guys. All right. Great. Have a great you. weekend. See you, you later, too. man. I'll see you soon. See ya. Bye.